G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, the debate over marriage is continuing while the postal plebiscite survey is being rolled out all over Australia. When you're in a capital city or a large regional centre, you have access to lots of media and ways that you can keep up to date with the news about the debate. But what happens when you're in a remote community where communications are not that great? What happens when you're a part of an Indigenous tribe in Central Australia and you don't easily access the media or your tribal language is better than your Australian English? Well, Indigenous people get to vote in the marriage plebiscite too. And it might be a surprise, but missionary Bible translators are playing a role in not only sharing the gospel, but informing tribal groups about the marriage debate and the plebiscite. Steve Swartz is on the line with us. He's part of an initiative to get a presentation to tribes in Central Australia about their vote in the plebiscite. Hello, Steve. Welcome along to 2020. Steve, uh, there are real challenges, aren't there, in reaching Indigenous Australians with this marriage message. Uh, What's happening with this new initiative that you're supporting? Well, um, I guess the initiative started... uh uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, uh, when a fr- my friend of mine, a Christian brother, uh, Malcolm Ald, um, was having a conversation with some Iowa friends from their time when they, he was, he's a nurse, and when they were working out at Bunya, and Malcolm was asking his friend, said, what have you heard about this whole same-sex marriage thing? And, uh, this Aboriginal man, um, said, uh, well, we haven't heard anything. What's going on? And Malcolm told him, and the gentleman, the Aboriginal gentleman, was aghast at this. And from that, um, Malcolm got the, the notion that, well, hey, what can, what can we do to get the message out to pe- Aboriginal people who live on very small, remote uh, communities, hundreds of kilometers perhaps away from you know larger towns like Alice Springs or Darwin or... Tennant Creek or so on, way out in the middle of, of nowhere, and, and mainly in the Northern Territory, but also in uh, the same situation would apply in Western Australia and, and South Australian parts of Queensland. And so two Saturdays ago, he called me uh, because of my previous work in Bible translation and, um, and asked, he said, well, look, how would we go about getting the, the message out to these people? And I said, well, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't uh, because of uh, time is of the essence. The ballots have already been going out for three days. We, my wife and I actually received ours yesterday in Alice Springs, and we voted and returned those already. And so over the next two weeks is really the very narrow window of opportunity when Aboriginal people living on remote communities will receive their mail um, by truck or sealed bag on truck or by airplane uh, most of them do not have um, in these, these remote communities like Lajamanu and Yundamu and, and Hermansburg and so on. They don't have individual residential post boxes, house to house. What they do is have community mail bags, and so all the mail comes in one, one big heap, 
and the town clerk or the town administrator distributes the mail. So there's a very narrow window of opportunity for us to get the message out. And from that, last Saturday, a group of us, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal alike, met at the Alds home. We had the services of a professional, uh, a local professional photographer, cinematographer, video uh, shooter. And for a couple of hours, the Lord just put together, we recorded a number of messages, combination of English and Walbury, Malcolm's, uh, and uh, Walbury is the language that I speak, the language my wife worked in uh, as Bible translators for 25 years. Uh, so we got messages out in Walbury, Einmachita, Pitindjata, uh, and Pintabi Lurch, and even as I speak, uh, a retired mis- uh, missionary couple uh, that used to work with Fink River Mission. He's non-indigenous. She's a full-blooded Western Adanda woman. They are out at the Alds House shooting the, a video message in Western Adanda, and we're still hoping over the next uh, few days uh, to be able to shoot messages in Eastern Central Adanda, which is the language of Mbarntua, Ella Springs, and also Ayawada, which is the area up to the northeast of Alice Springs. Steve, I imagine that ordinary coastal-living Aussies haven't got much of an idea just about the number of languages and the number of tribal groups that there are throughout Central Australia, and as you rightly say, throughout Western Australia. How many Aboriginal, Indigenous language groups do you think there might be in Australia? Well... Estimates are that originally, before um, white contact, before you know Captain Cook arrived in Botany Bay, it's estimated that there were over 200, perhaps as many as three or 400 um, Aboriginal languages in existence. Obviously, over the years of uh, attrition and uh, conflict between uh, the societies, cultures, uh, many of those languages have died out. So, but it's estimated that probably there are still 100 or slightly more than 100 languages that are spoken by at least one or two people. And some of the, all of these language groups are very small. Walbury, the group that we work with, is one of the biggest biggest ones with maybe three, three and a half thousand. Pichinjata, maybe three. Um, Ayawada, uh, 1,200. So they're all very small groups, okay? And um, within the Northern Territory, there are probably... Uh, 20 or so major languages that are still spoken, and that's clear in the top end, Yungamata. Uh, you have Creole, which is, uh, has about 30 or 40,000 uh, first language Creole speakers. Uh, the center of that area would be the Catherine region, but extending up and down the Stewart Highway and east and west clear into uh, the Kimberley regions, uh, where you have varieties of Creole. And, and so... Um, and in some of these languages, they're they're basically they are on the edge of dying out, with maybe just a few very elderly speakers. But and, but there's also been a few instances of, and there's still uh, current attempts to, in, in language revitalization, in and a number of these languages. Steve, so around yeah, around Central Australia, there's there's probably about ten major languages. And Steve, in a lot of those language groups, there's a very well established Christian presence, isn't there? Oh, yes. I mean, um, probably the first missionaries to Central Australia would have been the German Lutherans who established uh, mission work in uh, Hermansburg, which is about a 100-kilometer well, drive west of Alice Springs, still active there. And uh, the, the, the uh, <clears throat> German missionaries made a point uh, 
to learn Aranda, and uh, and the the first Aranda translation was uh, appeared in about I think 1910. It was revised in the 80s, 1980s, and there's an active Lutheran in the church out there. The area where we worked uh, was a Baptist area at the time. It was the Australian Baptist Missionary Society, now it's GIA. And uh, because of the the histor- historical contact and work of missions, I guess the um, church leaders basically divided up various areas, so you didn't have multiple denominations, you know, fighting over the, as it were, the the same group of people. So you have Catholic areas, and you have Presbyterian areas, and you have Lutheran areas, and so on. And that extends today. Steve Swartz, our guest, and behind an initiative to get some information about the marriage issues in Australia, uh, with the postal plebiscite being rolled out. Of course, so many Indigenous communities will be voting, but many not informed about the debate. We'll continue our conversation with Steve Swartz in just a few moments. We're taking some time to really dip our toes into, uh, insights into Central Australia, where we're talking about the Northern Territory and Northern South Australia, uh, into Western Australia, where there are even hundreds of Indigenous groups that haven't really had much access to understanding the marriage debate in Australia and to do with the plebiscite. So votes for the plebiscite arriving in Indigenous communities and people not necessarily being very well informed. Steve Swartz is behind a project to get video presentations for Indigenous communities to understand the marriage debate. Steve, what is it that you understand about tribal areas around where you're working near Alice Springs about how Indigenous people are feeling about the idea of same-sex marriage and the idea of voting yes or or a no to defend uh, the traditional marriage model? Well, even before this came up, I think I knew the answer and it was confirmed as soon as I began uh, asking uh, a number of my Aboriginal friends who speak varying languages and explaining the situation to them, and most of them uh, were appalled as uh, and said so. Uh, in the words of Vaughn Hargraves, who recorded two of the videos, one in Walbury and one in English, he says, this will destroy our culture. Um, they're simply, and, and that was the consistent message, and that is the consistent message that um, that has been presented by Aboriginal uh, people, most of whom, if not all of them, are Christian or at least have a church background. Um, but from a, from a cultural point of view, there simply is not any accommodation for two men or two women in a married family relationship. Now, that is not to say that homosexuality did not exist or does not exist today, because it does, and to varying degrees. Okay. But, you know, for uh, um, Aboriginal uh, <clears throat> groups, traditionally, had arranged marriages. And often these arrangements were made uh, when the children were, were very small. And, and the, the lines of obligation and economic trade within the family structure and the community structure um, was all set by the, uh, what they were called promised marriages, between a young man and a, a, and a young woman, um, made by their parents, their aunts and uncles, and that was all within a ver- closely defined system. So, for instance, to give an example, 
when my wife and I went to Lajamanu in 1978, where we lived for eight years among the Walbury up there, we were immediately given what's called a skin or a kinship name. And I'm a Jambijimba. begins with the letter J. And because I'm a Jambijimba, my wife automatically is in the Napangardi group. And there are eight female groups, and there are eight all beginning with the letter N, and eight uh, male groups all beginning with the letter J. And so Jambijimbas must, by cultural law, dating back as far as you wish to, to go, marry either Napangardis or Napaljadis or Nakamaras. There's simply no way that they could marry any of the other four groups, which would consist of their daughters, their mother-in-laws, uh, their sisters, uh, daughters, and so on. And there certainly isn't any accommodation for, say, two Nambijimbas or two Japangardis or a Japangardi and a Jungarai to marry, as it were. So okay. when we talk culture here, we're talking about indigenous culture that goes back thousands of years yes. where the same idea of having a man being married to a woman, even when it's an arranged marriage, is about the preservation of the tribe and the protection of those children and an identity for the children of those two who are married. Absolutely. The, the, one of the first things that a, that a baby learns is how they fit in. And, and uh, you know, it's almost from the, the moment they're born and, you know, various people and various relations will come up and the mothers particularly do this. They will say, that's your, that's your auntie, that's your mother, that's this. And so they know their place in society. They know what their obligations are. They know what their responsibilities are. They know who will help them and they know who they are obligated to help. And obviously, the Aboriginal people in Central Australia traveled around in very, very small uh, family bands. This, this is a harsh country, and so you didn't have large communities. Uh, and these, uh, like Unamu and Hermansburg, uh, they developed, you know, within the last 100, 150 years for various reasons. And, and so the, the, the survival, the propagation of the race, <laughs> the prop propagation of the, the group depended uh, upon uh, young men and young women marrying within the structure of their promised wife and promised husband system. And... Uh, I, I, you know, I personally, as a non-Aboriginal person, I can't imagine uh, that that two men would, for instance, um, enter into a long-standing, stand, committed relationship with each other. They would obviously <laughs> not be in a position to have children or raise children. Steve, let me ask you, uh, Bible translators are playing an important role here in the ability to communicate uh, these issues of marriage to these indigenous tribal groups. Uh, time is short now. Is there a way that people listening to our conversation today can help, or is this just a matter of uh, of different videos in different languages? Is there is there a financial need here to get the message out fa farther and wider? Well, I, I think that there may there may be, but it, it may not. I mean, as I say, we have a very narrow window of opportunity for this round of whichever way the same-sex marriage debate goes. Again, this is not a, in one sense, it's not even a plebiscite. It's a postal survey, and it's a non-binding survey. And all the ballots are going to reach 
into every nook and cranny in Australia over the next two or three weeks. And our great fear is that because of the mail distribution system on the communities, many Aboriginal people simply don't bother reading letters. They get letters from Centrelink or from the police or from uh, their bank or or whatever, and most, uh, quite frankly, a lot of them are just uh, discarded. And so that was one of the messages that we want. You're going to be receiving um, these letters. Open it up. This is what the the government is asking you. Do you agree with the law being changed to allow same-sex marriage? Yes or no? Mark your vote. We're encouraging you to vote no because it's not against it's it's against biblical law. It's against the law of God, and it's against Aboriginal law and culture. So vote no. Put the put the uh, the ballot back in the um, the envelope and post it back right away. That that was our, our fear to 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 get in for the next two weeks, get this out, so that when people got all these letters all at once, they didn't just dis- disappear in the trash. So, Steve, is there a yeah. website that you are able to point people to that they might be able to understand some more about this project, about this well, initiative? They can view the, they can view these videos at www. Cavotino, and that's C-A-V-O-T-E-N-O dot com, and and, uh, that stands the C-A Central Australia Vote No, Cavotino dot com, and this will automatically direct them to the YouTube videos. Okay, cavotino.com, C-A-V-O-T-E-N-O.com. So many of our listeners will be intensely interested in the idea of what you're doing. And uh, and just to have an introduction into uh, some of the tribal groups in Central Australia and throughout the nation. Steve Swartz, who has had a role in Bible translation in Central Australia. Steve Thanks so much for your update on this very important initiative today on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. God bless. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.